0: Welcome to the space. Welcome to the space. is episode six of Bridging the Gap. Uh, it's basically a weekly Twitter space that I do where I interview uh, various people in the industry, um, kind of from a full spectrum uh, of people and talk to them about how they got to where they are and how they achieved the things that they achieved in their career and in their gaming life or personal life, um, you know, difficult things they've dealt with. And then, you know, my hope is that it kind of helps you guys bridge the gap in your own lives in terms of where you are and where you want to go that you kind of can take away some nuggets each week uh you can find all of my previous episodes on uh spotify if you look up amg spaces uh so shout out to amg for hosting space uh and basically we're just gonna ask uh parasites some questions and then about halfway through the space i will allow you guys to ask some questions uh and uh yeah that's how we'll rock so i see that somebody already requested um just go ahead and give me some time to get started and then i'll uh, ping you you can keep it requested if you'd like um so i mean chris it's funny you know i was uh well i'll call you parasite for the sake of the twitter space but like um i was looking back at when i interviewed you on the sticks and it's like the third most watched interview on my channel behind uh hook and hex uh funny enough um it was a really good interview you know you've always been a really really smart player it's one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on today um what's up nameless um and so my first question because i didn't ask it in that interview um and i know you've mentioned in the past but uh where did you get the name parasite like where did that kind <laughs> of gamer tag and name come from
1: <laughs> uh funny enough i was not a very creative person and i was bored and i needed a new gamer tag back in like 2009 and i was just i couldn't think of anything so i pulled up a dictionary and just started going through random pages in the dictionary and i just kind of found it and i was like oh this sounds pretty cool no one that i know has this name because i was back when like <laughs> xbox live was still a thing and called it right it was pretty tight-knit so i was like this is good. I'm going to do this. This sounds
0: cool, intimidating. Yeah, I, I don't know what I was thinking, and I kind of just stuck with it. I mean, uh, if it works, it works, right? How did you get the OG Twitter handle? Is that like was that available when you like no, when you got no, your no. Twitter account? I got the
1: uh, OG Twitter handle through Complexity Gaming when I was under defend That's when I
0: got verified, so they gave that to me. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess that makes sense uh so i do want to dig into like you know how you got your start in gaming and all that kind of stuff but first you know want to talk about you know kind of what happened last weekend um the optic major and i know you talked about it on reverse sweep and the flank and everything like that and uh but i you know i kind of had a couple of questions about uh the major itself i of course watched the whole thing and i didn't get to talk about it on tuesday because uh, i missed the podcast that i do with the rocker but I wanted to talk to you about it. And I guess my first question is like, you've been around for a very, very long time, right? Um, world champion, do you have eight or nine total championships? Is it eight?
1: Yeah, uh, I wanna say eight, nine, okay, so, maybe, I don't know. I yeah, don't, well, I if you I count challengers, yeah, yeah, I
0: was gonna say like, uh, you've got your fair share of championships. Um, you know, like you've seen so many different versions of optic gaming um you've played against a lot of versions you were for a moment one of those versions you joined the team for a bit um you know like is this version of optic gaming that we saw last weekend like is that the real deal is this what we're going to see all year long or do you think it's kind of more of the same like pop off beginning of the season well and then they might taper off i mean time will tell
1: right but at the end of the day the one thing you can't take away from optic is that they were dominant this event and you haven't seen a dominant side of optic for a long time where they're where they actually go show up to a tournament and it's like not close. And yeah. granted granted they did reverse sweep, you know phase in the sa- in the later half of the of the of the match and on top of that in the finals, it wasn't close, which is impressive because phase, um, although it's a different game, it's not it's not easy to do that to a team like them. So right. that's, I think, the one difference and the one thing that you can't really take away from Optic. And at the end of the day, we won't know if um, that will continue. We'll just have to wait and see how uh, the rest of the season season pans out. Because, I mean, it is the beginning. It's a long season. So we'll right. see how it goes. But things look bright for them.
0: So. Well, so you've been on a dominant team, right? You're one of the first dynasties that anybody can really speak of in Call of Duty history. Um, you know, you guys went back to back to back to back. Um, including winning uh world championship after, you know, being in the loser's bracket and having to win two best of fives, all that kind of stuff. Like you were known early on as one of the smartest players out there. Um, it was kind of between you and Aix, you know, um, You know, I'm looking like at this phase team, right. And thinking, you know, everybody's been on the edge, you know, are they a dynasty? Are they not a dynasty? You know, people are even saying recently, which I saw, you know, censor mentioned like the potential of like, simp being the best of all time even though he's only been playing for a few years um i guess i kind of want to ask you since you've been on a dynasty team and you've been around all of them right you've seen every cod dynasty that's existed and um you know seth has been on one you know like looking at this phase team do you see them do you think they would ever for any reason make a change uh if they let's just say they only get top two for the next like three majors do you think no matter what they stick till uh champs or is there ever a risk of this team kind of bumping each other's egos
1: i mean i have no idea because i don't know what their relationship is like uh but it seems like they're pretty close and on top of that you just kind of look on the outside and you don't really see any changes that make sense they're not going to get anyone better from anywhere in my opinion at least yeah. Also, funny story is I don't even like to... I don't like throwing around that term dynasty. I don't think... I, don't, I honestly don't even think there's been... Well, I think the only the dynasty in Cod has probably ever been Cole because they were dominant in two games. And I think yeah. a team that is only dominant or like... And I when I mean dominant, I mean winning the majority of events, right? Right. If you do that in one title, that's not a dynasty. Like, it's not like games in Call of Duty, they change every year, obviously. So I think what makes a dynasty is a team that is dominant for multiple years, at least two, because that is hard to do in COD. I mean, it's it's hard to be dominant in general, right. but it's increasingly difficult to be that consistent and that dominant in two CODs. And I don't think we'll ever see another actual dynasty. And it's not to take away anything from the accomplishment of players, even myself, like I don't really see Farico as being a dynasty. I don't even see Optic as being a dynasty because they they were dominant at like let's say Advanced Warfare, but they right. weren't after that, they weren't dominant at Black Ops three, and then they made their comeback in you know, Infinite Warfare. So like I said, I don't even see FaZe, I don't see all these teams as like a dynasty. The only dynasty I've ever really seen is like because 'cause they've done it for
0: multiple years. If uh if FaZe continued to roll It's interesting that you say that, you know, I've never thought about, like, how to define dynasty. I think that's the reason why nobody can really put their finger on it. Um, So I'm going to ask you. Sorry, sorry. but I
1: think it's just thrown, like, too loosely. Like, it's kind of how people say, this guy's the goat. This guy's the goat. It's just like a, it's just a term (laughs) that's thrown away, like, thrown around way too, uh,
0: like, loosely in the community. My, I I think this year is going to heat up the goat debate i didn't know whether or not it was going to happen you know um seth's team seemed to have struggled a lot over the last few years but i feel like if optic can catch a few chips this year and place pretty high at champs um or win um i think it'll do a lot for the whole goat debate everybody's always just never questioned crim you know but if him and clay can't find success together this year or apart you know however that happens um stump is just going to keep edging up you know i mean for a lot of people, he already is their goat. Do you think that there's a potential in any way of Krim and Clay being able to be successful and staying together this year? Uh, we've
1: already talked about um, whether, they, whether they could be successful, like on the sweep and even on like mm-hmm. the flank. It just yeah. uh, doesn't seem to be working out for them. Uh, there's not really much right. to be said there. Uh, they know that, you know, everyone else knows it. They are just, yeah. they're just, they just can't play together right now. I think maybe, you know, before a couple couple years ago in their career when um, games were a little bit slower paced and, you know, they were a little bit younger than probably yeah. they, they could have. They, I mean, they obviously did find success at one point. So, right. you know, but nowadays, nah, there's just too much talent and too much uh, the way the game is played. it's it almost requires less and less thinking, and I don't think it benefits players like those guys. You can't have an abundance <laughs> of them. Sometimes you just need people with the go button and like, yeah. an instinct for the game. As uh, contrary to what you would want in a really good player is, it, that's just the way the games are now, dude. They, just, they play so fast. Um, I was just having this conversation before, but mm-hmm. how crazy is it to me or how, how crazy is it that this game is faster paced than a 5v5 than like a 5 5 game when there's yeah. four players it's faster paced than some jetpack games it's actually crazy to me
0: it is crazy to think about but somebody said something you know a lot of people have been saying over the last couple of days that this is like one of the more entertaining competitive CODs even though like the game itself isn't one of the best. And I I think that the the fact that there's just this fast-paced like run and gun, you know, like people getting mixy and cornering and you know, shouldering and like there's so much sliding around and all yeah. this kind of stuff, it, it it's um it's like people look cracked all the time, you know. And yeah. so the the players that can be really decisive really fast seem to be um the most sought after players. In the league right now it's like yeah. you know you just get a fast smg you get a fast, SM, you know find funny, somebody who funny thing is quick is, and oh, decisive
1: everyone says that every year everyone's yeah, like everyone's like oh this game has issues blah, blah blah after you know tournaments after usually the first tournament's like oh this game's pretty fun to watch bro right when will pe- people need to understand this cod is fun to watch because of the storylines and because of the people it's not yep. fun to watch because of the game because, you know, yeah, if you take if you take a lot of these personalities out, the game is simply just going to get like, it's going to die, like, it'd it, be stale. It just, it, like, as an esports, it's going to die for a lot of people. I know a lot of people that are like, Oh, it's for tires, I'm not going to pay as much attention. It's like, and like, why would you? It's it's COD is not a very fun, very well polished game. It's not. Yeah, it's not carried by by its gameplay games that are carried by their game player games like Valorant, for example counter strike like yeah. you can go and tune into a counter strike major final and not know a single person on that stage and and that's and that's how it usually is right like right. These, some of these yep. players, like bro this this esports been around for years every every year i tune into a different major and i rec and i don't and i rec- recognize less and less players but the game is amazing to watch and it's fun yeah. Yeah, if I do that with COD, I'm, I'm not watching. Like if I don't see people like Scump, Crim, Clay, uh, right. like Akes, for example, like all these you know players like Simp and Abizzi, you know, at some point I'm not I don't I'm not watching. I don't. I, it's it's just not entertaining. People watch for the storylines. Yep. People watch for the players. People don't watch because they like Vanguard. People don't watch because they they like this and that game. It's just you can have skump and Krim playing an intense um esports environment in any game
0: right and yeah. people will watch it because it's them that's just how it is it's a good point okay. i mean yeah. in what happened last weekend was just more storylines you know like uh a bz putting his ear to the crowd and then getting reverse swept and you know the way they beat them in the you know um in the final snd and like it it's all storylines it's all just stuff to talk about um you yeah. know speaking of storylines uh Um, you are next to Attach. You are the youngest uh to ever win a Call of Duty World Championship. Um, right behind Attach, uh, behind Dylan.
1: (laughs) Um, Sweet
0: yeah i mean so what was that like you know and how old were you when you won your uh cod champs and what was that like uh in black ops well 2?
1: for the sake of the rules i hope i was 18 years old because <laughs> we'll just say you were <laughs> yeah there's something drastically wrong with the format but yeah <laughs> um yeah i was 18 what was the second part of the question because i just kind of forgot uh
0: what was it like to just to win uh cod champs oh, at, at a young yeah. age
1: um, I mean, it was awesome. I, I don't really remember too much uh, from that time. I just remember I was kind of overwhelmed with happiness, uh, called my mom, told, like, basically, I remember just giving her money, basically, that I won. Um,
0: That's awesome.
1: Like, I don't really remember too much. I was pretty reserved back then. I was nothing like I am nowadays. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't really do much to celebrate at the time. I was just pretty happy that i won like and i was just like i can't wait to go back and play more and like try to like keep up the streak well Which and you how did my mentality you
0: know? was when i was younger yeah that's like i mean that was a good mentality you know it's kind of interesting you came full circle towards you know the, the latter part of your career working with younger players that were getting started like you were back then you know yeah um in terms of like game you know you're, you're you obviously said you gave your mom money were your parents always supportive of your career and your desire to, like, play Call of Duty professionally? Uh,
1: my mom definitely was supportive of me playing Call of Duty. My dad was a completely different story. He was uh, he didn't really want me playing the game as much as I did. He thought my time would be best used elsewhere. But besides that, my, my, my mom was definitely super supportive uh, of me.
0: That's awesome. Did that help? Like
1: oh, as yeah, far definitely. as she, she, she like flew me out to a couple tournaments before, you know, sponsors and stuff like that were a thing. And I would pay her back with prize money. So she definitely believed in me. Um, she was willing to basically put a lot of money down to make sure that I would go. Um, wow. And she, so yeah, she had, she had a lot of faith in me. So that was pretty cool.
0: Did you like, um, did you have to convince her that you were good or did she just you know trust in you and kind of believe in you in you and your skills
1: well of course i had to convince her like for
0: the first time she thought i was you know going to
1: go meet up with strangers and she was super overprotective uh, until i kind of went and kind of proved her it's like oh i can actually do this for not living but like i can actually do this and benefit from it it's not it's not a scam right it's at the end of your parents back then they're like what video games for money like no way. <laughs> so that's kind of where 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 I was at, and she just believed me. She believed in me, and I ended up just going, you know, going with it, and it worked out in the end. I guess
0: for sure. I mean, it's great, man. Um, you'll go down to the history books, you know. Um, you know, I guess kind of along that line of questioning, talking about you know, like having that support and. Being supported, you know, and looking at the league and what's happening today versus back then when you and I mean, even I see nameless is in here like uh, Back when you guys were playing professionally, like, you know, there's salaries, there's multiple coaches on each roster. There's franchises like it's just changed so much Um, When you guys look at the changes that have taken place, do you look at it from a perspective of just being happy for the ground that you paved or do you kind of feel like, you know, um, do you look back and reminisce, like, you know, I wish that was there when we were, you know, grinding back in the day? Bro, I
1: definitely, I definitely wish that was there when I was grinding. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, I'm not in the best position in, like, my esports career nowadays. I am, like I said, I like I said before, I'm retired. And at the yeah. end of the day, I still want to work in esports. I don't know if I'll ever come back to competing. But for now, I'm basically jobless. So, you look at it that way uh, um there is definitely some i guess animosity not towards the scene but just like how things are nowadays it's like i do wish it was there like when i was you know the top dog or when i was putting in a lot of the work because i feel like i laid i feel like i helped lay the groundwork for a lot of this stuff and i didn't really get you know the not the credit but like I, I guess paid for it, like the, uh, like, I didn't really like benefit anything from it. Yeah, sure. I built up a, you know, a little following here on like social media and stuff like that. But like, I, who cares about that? Right? Like, yeah, if you can't turn, day, job, yeah. can't turn it into a job, turn um, it into a job. It feels like a lot of my time was kind of wasted um, competing, because I don't really have anything, you know, to show for it nowadays, which really sucks. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Um maybe maybe uh things will change in the future. But death I definitely wish the things that, uh you know are around nowadays were around before. Might have changed me from uh, acting the way I did when I was younger. Uh, I, I mean really you made some fame you made some
0: some famous memes though, you know, that will always be remembered in cod history. Like you and yeah. that team with like Mir and Killa and like you guys I mean you changed the game for sure. Like, you know, like you made it about storylines and personalities. It was those four. Like you guys just you were you were the villains and the bad boys before there was an Aches and a crim Like it was it was just like you really helped kick off what everybody else is kind of you know feeding off of today and before um like nameless before you chime in like um i i it's interesting to me because i think you are one of the smartest players uh i think you work very well with new talent uh with young talent um it's unfortunate that the challenger scene hasn't developed to a place where you could even you know coach one of those teams or something i don't know if those are paid positions or whatever but um, I feel like it just give you an opportunity to prove yourself because I think you have a lot to offer um, in terms of overall experience and intelligence, uh, and that you could do a lot for a team, um, especially for their
1: I younger it. players. Funny story yeah. is, I mean, I,
2: oh. uh, what? I just want to say this, Chris, you're a goat. You're literally one of the best team that's ever had. And also, um, if I was a GM of a team, and I don't even know if there's any team people in here, uh, which I almost was of two different CDL franchises, which is just never public. I, the first person that I would have hired to have been my coach would have been Chris because TDL is a franchise league and it's obviously going to be around for a while. And one of the main priorities is somebody who has deep knowledge of the game, understands it from a, a player perspective, but not only just that is able to nourish and build up up and coming challengers' talent. You are never like, you can't even emulate those traits in a person for a coach it's just not right. it's not possible you can't, you can't even learn some of those things so the hesitation that some organizations have i don't know to, to either pick you up or explore that or some of the decisions that have been made to pick up certain people i just think are it's just it, it doesn't make sense like you're like some of these teams are inherently like holding themselves back from future development um and thinking about like because think about it like this the last couple of years, Challengers players have come in and, and dominated and made an immediate impact on a lot of these teams. So it's like, it's super important to check all of those boxes. So I just want to come here and say that, and kind of give you a little bit of a close cool eye because it's, it's true. Like, you should 100% be on a team by now. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I appreciate wow. it.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's a good, good guess. guess. Also, yeah. I'm
2: dri- <laughs> also, I'm driving right now. So sorry if it's.
1: Yeah, boring. you're good. It's all good, man. Drive safe.
2: But. You guys are doing a great yeah, job. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh,
1: like, I've I, I always had these worries. It's so hard to get rid of this, like, stigma that I have about me. It's I, – I have, like I, – I walk a fine line, be, like, between being able to, like, be confident about myself and being arrogant. And it's because of, like, mm. my history. And it's, like, I truly want to say that, like, I feel like I could do a lot for a team. And I feel like I do deserve – um, a spot, you know, somewhere in esports, sure. whether it be COD or something, because I, I mean, at the same time, in order to have the knowledge, like I have to, you know, believe that I do, because it's just, I don't know, it's just part of, it's just part of me. So, I, I feel like I do have that knowledge, and I feel like I do bring a lot to yeah. um, the esports world in in any game I I would invest myself into, but at the end of the day, I have to prove that to other people. And it kind of sucks because I don't really, I, it's hard. Like, I don't really know where else to do. It, it's, it's, it, that's how, that's why like I quit COD. I felt like I was in challengers and I was winning a lot. I was yeah, winning with a bunch of different people. Uh, I was basically qualifying for tournaments with pickup teams, I was no matter, like, what the stakes were or, like, what was against me, I always like, found a way to succeed and I think a lot of people wrote it off as, like they either didn't care, because it was me, uh, and your mic
0: Yeah, mute when you're not talking if you can
1: Yeah, so either people it felt like people wrote it off because it was challengers or just because it was me. But like, I always make it a point anytime challenger players do well, which probably 90% I'd say at least 90% of the challengers that have got onto pro teams have made direct impacts on their rosters, like positive impacts, in my opinion. And I try to make it a point I'm like, wow, these players are pretty good. It's almost like, no offense to those guys, I'm glad they got picked up. I was beating a lot of those people. I was teaching a lot of those people. Not only that, Challengers is like a landscape where you have to be really skilled. And that's like another thing people don't understand about me. It's like, everyone's like, oh, Chris is a smart player, but he's he's not the most skilled. He's not correct or anything like that. Like all these 18 year olds. But like, bro, I'm playing against these people. Not only that, I was doing it online from the West Coast um, against like, in an environment where dedicated servers are not a thing, like you have to be talented and challengers to succeed because of how everything is set up and the people you're playing against and the landscape you're playing against. So I was always succeeding in a very volatile mixy landscape and no one really seemed like they cared. Like people would definitely like give props to my teammates and I would make it apparent that like, Oh, these guys are really good. Like anytime I teamed with any of these guys, Um, like Draza, for example disgusting i would always gas him up um a lot of my challenger teammates i would gas up but like no really i guess gave my flowers for for competing and people would sit there and like like talk about me in a nice way whenever i was like down or like whenever i retired but like it always would bother me because like where where is that kind of love when i'm still like competing where's that kind of love when i'm like looking for teams where is that kind of like it just it right. it, it like it bothered the fuck at me and although i'm not competing anymore and i don't know if i'll return mm-hmm. but like i'm kind of glad that i can just kind of sit back and talk about the game now and that's kind of why i like doing the stuff that i do with the certo because i don't have to have a relationship with these people cuz truthfully there's probably only a couple like a handful of people that um i have a good relationship with in cod everyone else is kind of like oh yeah like thanks like Talk about me nice, cool. Like I have no problem with you, but like at the same time, it's like I know that deep down it didn't really seem like these people really give a fuck about me. Like when I was competing, and because I retired, I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to change. So, so how do you? I can, like, I can have an unfiltered opinion and just be myself, and not have to right. worry about building all these relationships with with people, and just kind of a. Uh, you know, doing my thing with like Deserto or just like if I do get on a team, for example, I can just focus on them and I don't have to be dealing with the, you know, the stress of having to appease all these people because um, the the COD scene is very volatile with roster changes and stuff like that.
2: Can I chime in for a second? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um. Um. Chris, I think, uh, and, I, and I think I briefly mentioned this to you a while back, but I think what you're doing right now should have been done a couple years ago, unfortunately. Like, I think you wanted to keep competing, and I think a lot of people are like that towards the end of their career. Like, when I retired, I didn't want to retire. Like, I wanted to keep competing. And uh, I think for you, like, you just decided to keep on going. I think if you were to have stopped going into, like, CDL days, a lot you would have been able to find, like, a, a coaching position on a team. But since you kept competing, I think – you know, a lot of teams picked up people. They had their systems and set in place. People had friends that they brought in. So it just put you in sort of like a tougher spot. And then in terms of like, I think you were frying in Challengers. I think a lot of people noticed it. they were talking about it, um, especially that you're, you know, you're just going off of winning back-to-back. I just think people are looking for new talent. Actually, I don't think. I know people are looking for new talent. And it's so much harder for like, even like a player like Saints who was frying in Challengers to get a, a spot on a on a team, you know? So there's just that stigma as well. And then even when we've seen some of the players who were previously pros get put onto teams recently, they haven't had too much success. So it doesn't uh, help the case of like the ex pros who are once on top that are playing well in challengers getting brought back onto teams. Yeah, I mean, you look at players like, the pro, like John, they just haven't been playing well. And uh, I think, you know, that's why a lot of these teams didn't do that regardless of how well you're playing just because of that fear, because that's a huge commitment uh, when you can you know try to find like a young player doesn't work out go find another young player right um so that that's probably it's probably a mixture of all of those things and then i know you mentioned like uh you feel like you're you didn't get like the the support while you're playing and stuff it's probably a mixture of that and then like the spot here now i think you're in a great spot now, honestly i think if somebody's gonna pick you up as a coach it has to happen well okay or some or somewhere, you're doing what you should have been doing for three years now. You should have been doing all this content and stuff like that, but it's never too late. So, I just want to come here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like to kind of co-sign. I I think you're doing the right things right now, Chris, and I think it's amazing that, you know, like you just said a lot of stuff and how rough it's been for you and how tough it's been to like watch everybody find success and watch some of these players that you played with that you beat way back in the day stay at the you know on these teams or on the coaching staffs like to the point that was made that you made earlier like and the ant you know it's gassing you up like uh the best coaches in the cdl are you know former players the rambos and the crowders and you know it's like um it's funny because shout out to another person that used to be a coach in the cdl joey nubsy um i was on a podcast with him last week and he said uh he said cod is still a socially manipulated esports And it's so true, man. It's like the stigma is what gets in people's way. What you're doing right now with Reverse Sweep, and I hope you hear this, man, and you hear it honestly. Like, I love watching Reverse Sweep. Like, I think this season's version is better than last season's version, and I really like all of you guys being on there because you're all very, like, straightforward, but you get along. You know it's like a, it's it's really a good show like it, it really works um and seeing you every time you come on the flank and every time you've been on the flank um in the last year uh you're really showing your you know kind of mind for the game and i think if you whether or not you're gonna play again like if you kind of accept like if i could get on a cdl team in some coaching capacity i'd want to I would just stay focused, man, on that public persona that you're building up right now that
2: I agree. Yeah. You're
0: really good at understanding Call of Duty, how it's played and the best way to play it and how to get the most out of young players. Like there's no way that I mean even if we end up expanding, you know, and we see GM uh Nameless, you know, it's like <laughs> uh, I think at some point you'll get that opportunity. It just you're in that waiting stage. And before I open it up to like questions, Hyde. thanks for your patience. Um, I did want to ask you, man, if there's anything you want to share about like, how have you held your head up through all of that? Like through all those things, like through all the ups and downs and people, you know, putting dirt on your name. And there's even like a Dixerto video that's like, calls you like the most hated cod player ever, which I think is not facts, but like, how do you deal with it? Like mentally and how do you, you like you've yeah. kept your head up and you just keep, st- you know staying in the forefront
1: honestly dude i don't know like, i i play a lot of video games and i i kind of uh distract myself with them and lately that's probably been what it is because i kind of just don't really have the time to kind of like think about it but yeah i do have my moments i'll i'll sit there and i'll post stuff on social media sometimes about how i'm feeling uh but Honestly, I think it's just a mix. I think it's got to be a mixture of resilience and insanity, dude, because it's <laughs> the same reason why I was playing COD for 13 years. Like the game obviously was not very good. And I sat there and grinded it like a madman. It's the same reason why I would sit there, wake up every single day, uh, wake playing challengers, going through hell in challengers, um, uh, trying to make it, you know, I, I think it's just a mixture of both. I don't I don't I honestly don't really know. They the days just go by so quick and blur together sometimes. I'm kind of just, you know, riding the wave and uh, hoping
2: something, you know, changes soon. But yo, sorry to interrupt. I gotta go boys. Chris, you are going to figure it out hundred percent. <laughs> just keep doing what you're doing uh, I just want to chime in on the last thing a lot of the players when they retire that's like the, the method into getting a, in a new spot is like doing podcasts, getting exposure because you have something to offer that 99.99% of people can't offer to the community so like keep doing what you're doing and, and, and it should work out obviously my door is always open um, let me know, hit me up in DMs sorry to interrupt once again but I gotta go yeah, thanks to for sliding through I yeah. yeah, appreciate have it Thank you. yeah but I think it's just a mixture uh, of all those things dude go ahead I don't
1: know I just kind of uh, I don't really think about it, and then days go by, and it's been like, oh, it's like been a couple months. I'm still uh, I'm still fighting. <laughs> it's a weird
0: topic. To yeah, but case, to be listen to what you said. You know, persistence and insanity. Like it sounds like the delusional confidence Aches used to talk about. Like you're actually so you're pushing forward, and you're just you're just doing what you think needs to be done, even if you don't always feel like you're getting the reward that you want for it. And you're believing that, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Like sometimes that's all you can do, man. Like that, that's, on yeah. it. I mean, literally like sometimes in some situations, that's all you can do is kind of put your head down, do your thing, keep getting on these podcasts and everything and keeping yourself in front of everyone. And yeah, there'll be an opportunity. There's, I mean, I'm sure you, you watch call of duty. You've seen the clear mistakes that teams make that you could coach out of them, you know, Yeah. um, in ways that you could help. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's
1: one of those things where uh, I know people say, oh, you should pick, like, one thing and just stick with that. But truthfully, when it comes to, like, Call of Duty or esports in general, I feel like I'd be – I feel like I could do good in a lot of different kind of roles, whether it be, like, an analyst on a desk, an analyst for a team. Uh, The one thing I'm not sure of still to this day is, like, being, like, a head coach or something like that. I don't really know if I'd be able to do it. Like – this is just being completely honest with myself as how I've always been as a player. I don't have a lot of patience with some people. Um, It's something that I've worked on, obviously, Um, I've gotten better at, but I just I get frustrated at myself and other people when I feel like they just don't understand what I'm trying to like, say to them, and they don't replicate it. So that's why like, I, I was like, being an actual like, indirect like a direct coach. Might not be something I'm completely interested, but being like an assistant coach <laughs> or like an analyst who's more of kind of like in the background, I can kind of just sit there, observe, give my take, give the numbers out, you know, show people, you know, certain things and then kind of just let the coach, let the players do their thing while I kind of just sit there to sit back and observe. I think that's something that I'd like to do more if I was directly involved with the team. Um, and then doing that yeah. stuff, like again, on the desk would be nice. Cause I mean, I'm already doing something very similar with the reverse sweep and how we like analyze matches and stuff like that. That also be something I'd be interested in. But in terms of being a head coach type thing, I don't know if I'd be completely sold on the idea, in my opinion, maybe I'd warm up to it after, you know, being in a team environment for a while, but just being honest yeah. with myself and knowing how I am, um, obviously just it's one of those things where I've, uh. I've really worked on you know the last couple of years is just being self-aware of myself and i guess my surroundings and i don't think i would fit as a like a directly like head coach like being involved with the players every day um like chiming in input stuff like that like constantly i i don't know if i'd be able to do it but yeah
0: I mean, it's good that you know yourself, bro. Like, honestly, I look at Rambo, you know, I don't know if you've watched the Optic podcast that came out a couple days ago since the major, but like watching him and Seth kind of like publicly argue and disagree was kind of interesting because I've never seen anybody do that to Seth publicly. I've never seen anybody on the Optic roster, like when they knew they were on camera on a podcast, like disagree with him at the level where Rambo does. It's kind of like you, like he knows what he wants and Rambo's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we want a major, but it's nothing you know unless we win champs we 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 literally have not achieved anything this year. Yeah. And it was like Seth was like yeah but we won a major. I mean we reverse swept phase and he's like yeah but that that's meaningless. Like and it's so it's interesting because I think there's a place for the way you would coach. Yeah. I just don't know it would probably be on a team full of younger players. Yeah. You know? Like where they just had a respect for you because of your history and your experience and how long you've been in this in this game and because you do know what you're talking about. Like, you know, and so I just hope you get your chance man like regardless of um how it happens yeah. i i can't wait to retweet that and you know give you a ggs so <laughs> you don't want to hear about it yeah thank you um so i want to let Hyde uh thank you for your patience man you've been he <laughs> you requested to talk or to ask you a question probably like 20 minutes ago uh, <laughs> once your mic is hot Hyde, you can go ahead and ask uh parasite whatever you gotta ask hello yo yeah, what's up i'm still connecting hey, how you doing man Good, good. Okay, so my question is, if Karma didn't leave after Gfinity and y'all put the bullshit aside, like all the like grievances and stuff, you think he could have took some chips off of Cole? Uh, Be honest, yeah. man. <laughs> y'all, was, yeah, y'all was nasty. Yeah, I think
1: we could have. I mean, that Gfinity tournament, we honestly threw versus those guys. So uh, going back and just thinking about it, we probably could have. Uh, we, we were that good, but we had to really put our egos aside because by then, um, a couple of our egos were pretty inflated. A lot of people don't really know this about karma. It's not too personal, but my boy Karma was a party animal, bro. And, like, he used to, he, he wouldn't <laughs> give a fuck, dude. He's a completely different person than he used to be. Uh, I love that guy to death, man. And, uh, yeah, we just had to put away our egos, man. We were all fucking, we all had the biggest heads back then.
0: I mean, you know, you guys were at the front end of COD blowing up. you were, you won the first like real champs, and I put quotes around that. Don't want to offend anybody, you know. Uh, might be random Nate shop fans in chat, but but you won the first like real world championship, um, and the hype was built from that moment on. Black Ops Two, still many people. That have been around as long as we have say that that was their favorite, you know, competitive COD, and like the pinnacle of when it all started. I was actually watching an interview about you, where it said Parasite had Fariko um, focusing on rotation rather than just bullying and taking over hard points, but it was more about rotating, and nobody had really put that level of thought into playing COD at that point, and that's why you guys saw so much early success and that's impressive man like like um i think that game in general did so much for the esport uh yeah overall that yeah you guys had a lot of reasons to have some inflated egos and karma was so disgusting 100 percent
1: that game introduced hardpoint and that's like a stable game mode nowadays like i it's it's been my favorite game mode for a lot of years i don't think a lot of people would play that's a good game point actually hardpoint wasn't a game mode like Especially a lot of the COD players nowadays, Hardpoints clearly the best game, I and mean, it was the first game that um, came out with it, and we kind of uh, we we kind of taught everyone how to play it to a degree, and then it just kind of evolved from there. Yep. And uh, so yeah, definitely it was it was a lot of fun back then, dude. That game, a lot of people might not remember or might not agree, but that was one of the hardest games to be an elite team in. And I'll tell you why, and a lot of people are spoiled with this back then, but EMPs. <laughs> EMPs or one of the reasons why being a, like a good team was hard because it would expose a lot of people. And it also made you have to be a very aware player because what EMPs would do is they would completely knock your HUD out. And a lot of people still rely on this to this day is they rely on their mini map a lot to give them information on where people are and right. They use that information of where, where, where their teammates are to kind of tell them, okay, my teammates are positioned here. So the enemy team should be spawning here, etc. My teammates are watching this. So I need to watch this. So it gives it feeds so much information that allows you to kind of do things without thinking, basically, you just go look, okay, I know what to do, Mm. right? When you get EMP in that game, it takes away all your senses, basically in the game, besides sound, obviously, and sight. So you basically can't know what to do unless you have elite level communication otherwise you'll catch right. multiple people looking at the same thing you'll have people not watching the, the flanks etc 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 that game was such a hard game to be good at for that reason it wasn't necessarily because the shooting was difficult it wasn't necessarily because yeah. uh, you know there were some, some super crack mechanics it was purely from an awareness standpoint that I feel like a lot of people don't remember or don't even realize. And I noticed it. Uh, when I went back and I played the black ops to plutonium um, client when there was like a tournament for it. And I would play like some A's. Right. And we were getting EMP back to back to back. And people were quiet. Right. And people didn't know what to look at. Or they were just say they're EMP. Back in the day, we used to communicate I'm EMP what, where, where are they coming? Or what do I need to watch? Like, there was just so much micro comms that needed to happen. Because if you didn't do that, you would actually just get exposed because you were like a team that had, like, terrible communication, terrible awareness, that you basically relied on the HUD, when the HUD was gone, you were basically a hamster, like you just had no idea what to do. So the people don't remember, man. But Black Ops Two was a hard game. People, people don't really think so because it's like, oh, old school COD. But dude, that game, super difficult uh, game to be good at, in my opinion.
0: Agreed. Um, I agree. I could not ever play at your guys's level. Um, I used to be a warrior though because I had a good host and I would drop forty bombs. Um, you know, <laughs> when playing league play, but uh. Yeah, that was back in the day. I had a whole series actually called Kingdom Warrior where I would just upload like ridiculous, you know, gameplay of me looking like I was a pro player playing League Play because I was just like I, yeah, I just had a good I had a good host back then. Um <laughs> so tell me real quick man, like what is your most memorable event or moment? You can pick like uh, as a as a competitor.
1: Uh, I would say winning champs, but funny story is it's not. I don't remember the finer details about winning champs at all, but I do remember um, UMG Atlanta. That was the event with Kill of the Choo Choo Train. That whole drama that happened. <laughs> I remember that event a lot more vividly than, like, let's say, winning champs. It's actually kind of nuts. That event was hilarious. It was such a funny, funny event. At the, like to, to like think about nowadays, but we were we were wilding men. Like we were we had no, <laughs> I had no idea the repercussions of you know, <laughs> acting that way in front of like all those people is gonna be like, but we, we we didn't care, dude, we sent it. And we just felt like there was so much like, uh, so much uh bad, st- you know, there's so much like bad talk on our name. And we right. had a lot of people talking smack to us, and including the crowd. And we didn't care, dude, we were just like, we're tired of this, man, we're just gonna start talking smack. And we just got crazy mm-hmm. on the stage.
0: It was actually funny, funny, funny tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, it was one of the more like one of the most. I mean, but the funny thing about that event is it wasn't just like you had stuff to say that everybody remembers. Like you're just sitting there watching, you're watching me play, you know. And you've got Mirror talking about look at my bank account. You got Killer with the choo choo, like sit down, you're old. Like that event. I, I mean, man, when you talk like about how storylines runs competitive Call of Duty, um you i'm telling you man you may not and you'll look back on it when you it's like me looking back on the term roster mania you know i remember when we started talking about that on the sticks and then it just became like everybody started using it and it was like wow we actually legit did something like you know the sticks was like the flank six years ago you know it was just weird we were ahead of the game and it was it was such a like all of that stuff like you guys really laid groundwork for the the way that people view COD esports and so much of the fan base that exists today is from what you and killa and karma and miracles and Scump and merc and rambo and Cap, like all of you guys that were back like back in the black ops two days clayster proofy like everything that was created back then that is still the buzz that is running i mean if you really think about it that's even where seth became you know kind of dwarfed nade shot in like popularity like that that game and this and the the way you guys played and the way you com- competed even though it fizzled off and egos got in the way and all that kind of stuff like you really did lay the groundwork for a lot of competitive called esports man uh it, you know it's like i know this isn't the like you know parasite gas session <laughs> twitter space. Yeah. um But you deserve some of it, you know what I'm saying? You deserve your flowers, like you said.
1: It's crazy to think about because I didn't think about it that way, but it's true. I mean, like, a lot of those people are still, you know, fans of, like, the old days, and they they look forward to the drama, man. Like, you see it on social media all the time, whenever players are firing off at each other or these, like, rivalries uh, are played on the stage. It's still the same thing. People are... People are literally hoping and begging that someone gets up and just starts talking trash. Like that's like what these guys live <laughs> for, dude. It's just it's just the COD
0: community. Dude. Well, that's how they are. And look who's the most talked about players. It's players that were playing back then. It's Scump. It's Crim. It's Clay. It's Attach. You know, like it's these players like Slasher and it's people who've been around for long enough to have built up some level of drama, controversy, like you know, storylines, beefs, um, rivalries, like all that stuff still to this very day. We got Optic playing phase. you know, and that's a big deal. Optic and Envy and combining into Optic Texas. Like there's so many storylines and, and it really did, it really was born in your era. And so, yeah, you know, like it'll be great to see you kind of land on a different side of the fence where you're, you know, working with an org or something. And I hope that happens for you. You know, like I I, I really do... Kind of, I don't know. Thanks, I, I appreciate. It. I, I hope that happened. So, in terms of like the reverse sweep and the flank, I'm kind of curious. Like, do you like doing that like podcast, or is most of it so that you can keep your name out there? Or do you actually enjoy like getting on the podcast and and talking about stuff? You know, and talking about competitive cod and talking about dynasties and talking about pro. You know. um, what is it called power rankings and all tier lists and all that stuff? Um, do you enjoy like doing that part of, you know, being, you know, basically a content creator?
1: Uh, yeah, I actually do. It's, um, it's a lot less stressful. And I'd rather honestly, at this point, like with the way Call of Duty is nowadays, and the, the turn it's taken, you know, from like a development standpoint, I would rather do this type of stuff. because um, It's a lot less stressful. And I can just, I don't have to actually sit there and deal with the fact that, you know, a game is bad because I'm not, I don't necessarily have to play it. I feel like I'm at a point in my career where I can just watch the game and, or even like if I played, let's say I played the game for like a very short period of time, I can instantly Mm -hmm. just apply all the stuff that I knew from like, you know, prior years and like get the hang of it or learn it so quickly that I can talk about it on a level. Where it's like I've played, I've been playing the game for years because I literally have, right? And it's just so much. It's so yeah. much easier to do than tend to sit there and have to play every day and, and compete and wake up and practice a game that I don't enjoy. But it's you know it's my quote unquote job, and you know people say, oh, you know it's a job. It's almost like you know you're not supposed to necessarily enjoy it. And I I think that's fucking bullshit. I, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, grant there are people out there that are going to have dead end jobs and and have to do things you don't enjoy. It's just the nature of the world, man. But when uh, I have a passion and I've invested this much time into it, and I love the I love the craft to an extent, I I can sit. I have yeah. the right to sit there and, and and complain about the the turn it's taken. Like I'm I'm, I'm a part of the of the game's history and its esports in its esports uh, side of it. So. I don't know. I don't like the way the, the, the game's turned out, but at the end of the day, if I get to do stuff like this, where I can sit here and just talk about it, or I can sit there and do yeah. all this work, it's a lot easier than playing. And I, I, At this point, right now, in this current state, I would much rather do it. I don't know if that'll change, if they ever release another good Call of Duty, uh, by my standards, where I'd enjoy playing it, but at the moment, um, I don't really see myself going back to competing
0: at the moment. Do you still, do you still have your shot? Like, you know, do you ever, do you ever get on the sticks and play like ranked or anything (laughs) on Vanguard? Hell
1: no. And, and honestly, (laughs) now I like think about it, at least for me, it's just like, dude, holding controller is just so bad. And then like, I would, (laughs) so I would get into my gaming posture and like, after not like having to sit in that slouch. You know terrible position that you get in with controllers just by the nature of pulling the controller right at least like to pull your hands forward and like you know it just like it pulls your shoulders forward it's just like it's not comfortable it doesn't sit right with me now after like not playing controller for like a couple of months and dude uh-huh. controller games suck <laughs> like it, after <laughs> playing pc games it's just like i can be so much more accurate dude and i can just be in a more relaxed position, better posture, and not have to worry about you know, holding a little tiny controller that has thousands and thousands of problems because controllers are really, really terribly constructed pieces of equipment. And it's not like a shot like any of the controller companies. It's more so a shot like the you know, Sony and, and Xbox. Like they just controllers are just terrible. So I uh, so. played much god i don't think i haven't touched it in so long and yeah i don't know but i'm sure if i sat there it so, i'd
0: be fine yeah you'd be fine you'd get it so i gotta ask a question and i'm gonna preface it by saying um the uh agency that i work for um that is you know hosting this lovely twitter space um you know we kind of run uh mobile gaming <laughs> in terms of um media and talent representation and we have a lot of fps you know call of duty um pubg mobile apex legends mobile that just kind of dropped soft launch this week um and valorant mobile is coming out later this year and they just announced um warzone mobile today that it's coming um i kind of wanted to you know i kind of wanted to see uh, your thoughts as you have watched Um, And I don't know how much you've seen, but I don't know if you've watched how much mobile has grown and that, you know, there's content creators that are bigger, more known and popular. There's Call of Duty skins in the Call of Duty mobile game of three of the biggest content creators. Kind of wanted to get your opinion of like kind of what's happening. And do you think do you see a future where like Call of Duty mobile? eSports is really big and what's your overall opinion of kind of like mobile eSports as a platform?
1: No, mobile eSports are huge and just mobile gaming in general is ginormous, bro. It's like everyone has a phone. It's not hard to access. Um, In my opinion, it's probably the future of gaming and it sucks because who the fuck wants to play on a phone? Like that just sounds and feels terrible, you know, from a competitive standpoint, but with the ease of access, um, it's it's gonna be the future. Like it, it already is, you know, getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's it's not surprising to me to see. But I mean, I do know for a fact. Like, so for example, people will say, "Oh, what's the most played game?" And people will obviously say, you know, they're things like Call of Duty or CS:GO or Dota. Wrong. It's like a phone game, and I can't remember which one it is. But it's crazy, like how big. Um. Phone like gaming is even in other countries, not like just the U.S. In other countries, it's huge. Mobile gaming is is so.
0: Yeah, it's probably PUBG Mobile that you're talking about. Um, it's a you know one of the biggest games in the world. I mean, and it's interesting. Like for me, everything you said is why I really think mobile um, is the future. Like you said, um, there's just the access is. You know, I didn't think we'd ever see this because, you know, I'm like, I mean, I'm almost 42 years old. So like, when I was young, young, like a kid, like 10, there wasn't a cell phone, like it didn't exist. And now I'm talking into a, you know, freaking Twitter space on my cell phone to you, wherever you are. And all these people from around the world are listening in, like it's freaking bananas. And... Like last night, I was playing Call of Duty Mobile, and um, they put high rise in there and I got like a collateral through the window across the map and search and destroy. And it just brought back memories of when I played high rise back in the day. And it's just, it's crazy what they're able to do on um, on this little device that I can hold in my hand. And my kids now get on an iPad before they ever touch a controller to your point about controllers, they don't like Um, Kids of the next generation may never have an Xbox Xbox is gonna have to make a phone basically like um, It's so easy to deliver your content when it's in somebody's hands all the time and you can send them a notification that says, hey, there's a new skin available only for 999 or you know get some cod points Um, I will not disclose how much money I've spent on cod mobile um, because it is my daily game pretty much Um, but I also I'm like you I watch Vanguard a lot and have never been at your guys' level of talking about it competitively, but I'm, I know that, you know, to my own gas, I've been pretty good about talking about the personalities within the game. And so that's what I've always focused on is just how you guys relate to each other. And I think that's one of those intangibles that makes up a good team. And it's good that you recognize, like, you know, you might be really direct with players, so you might not be the best head coach, but you're trying to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, I really appreciate your time. uh, Parasite, like, uh, it's been a solid hour, man. Uh, I'll send you the link when this gets on uh, Spotify, if you ever want to re listen to it or anything. But I appreciate your time, your career, man. Um, I've always, of course, been a fan of yours, bro. And I know, through the years, you know, we've touched base every once in a while, just you know, as a check in and everything. Um, I, I, I am passionate because of how long I've been a fan of COD to see all of you guys that want to get in like, I don't care if it's Slacked, John, you, um, anybody who is just trying to get in in some capacity, Looney, you know, he got on, you know, with the rocker. Like, I just celebrate all of that, you know, because I'm just, you know, I'm a fan of like all of you guys that really paved the way, like I said. And so I really do, you know, hope you find success. Um, Anything you want to close with before we bounce out?
1: Uh, No, just appreciate everyone that tuned in, Uh, even if you don't really know me or, Follow competitive call view like that. Appreciate you guys. Uh, if you guys enjoyed it, you just toss me a follow if you want. Uh, besides that, appreciate uh, all my supporters and stuff. Any one of you guys sees this, and uh, thanks again to Soldier for for bringing me on. It was it was cool. I like I like doing stuff like this. I don't mind it at all. Like I said,
0: yeah, word. Um, yeah, it was good. Um, just an idea to think about for. Reverse sweep. We're actually thinking about it for the Rocker podcast. Something similar, where like while we're live doing it on YouTube, we could be talking into our phones, like with other microphone type deal, and it would ju- we wouldn't be able to interact much, but people could listen in from Twitter. So just something to think about for you guys, because um, you have a really good show. Thanks, Tom. Um, thank you, everybody who stopped by. Um, throw Parasite a follow. Good dude. Bright future. Um, been around for a long time. Um, one of the you know kind of longest standing champions in Call of Duty history um have a good day uh chris and everybody else uh have a good weekend thanks guys peace